The American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must eat America back. Main Hello, Patriots and Freedom Fighters. Broadcasting from my home studio in downtown Belfort, Pennsylvania, worldwide, as National Intel Report live on Republic Broadcasting Network, Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo 50 Radio and Patriot Nation Radio Network, and anywhere else you find it. I'm Peter Seraphine. Welcome to two hours of common sense and constitutional discussion. We're going to start out here in just a minute. I got uh, Colonel, retired Colonel Mike Ford, managing editor of American Free News Network, going to join us right off the bat. And then at the top of the second hour, so 7 o'clock Eastern time, if you're listening and watching live, I got Corey Haig, the editor-in-chief of of Liberty Uncensored newspaper. He's going to join us. We're going to talk about what he does and how you can help and how he can help you and, you know, we can all work together because that's what we do, right? That's what we're supposed to do. Anyway, I want to talk about primaries. You see, Tuesday, just a couple of days ago, was primary election day here in my home state, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And as you might remember, I'm a Pennsylvania state constable, which means I have to spend all of election day protecting the polling stations. It's all I do. I don't I don't check ballots or IDs or anything like that. My whole job is to maintain peace and order so that everybody can get in and pass, you know, cast their vote. So that's 13 hours of standing on my feet and watching this whole process and it really got me thinking about primary elections. And uh, I got I did some research and I've got some notes and I want to talk about so, without any further ado, we got uh, the colonel. Oh, wait, I can't do it yet. I have something. I forgot to plug in. Oh, colonel, I made something for you, and now I can't play it. I'm oh, see live, live broadcasting. What a anyway. It is time for Managing Editor of America Free News Network, retired Colonel Mike Ford. Welcome to the show, retired Colonel Mike Ford. <laughs> that's that's great. That's awesome. I owe you. I owe you large, pal. I, I made that that the, the little intro for you, but I use a second computer as my soundboard. That's where I like you know push buttons and stuff. And um, I forgot to plug it in tonight, so I'm like ah. I'm pushing the button, and it's not working because I didn't plug it in. <laughs> no, it was it great. Working. That was great. So what do you so, know about the primary election process here in the great United States of America? I I know a whole lot that just probably isn't so. So why don't you go ahead and edify me? Oh, all right. Well, my thing about it is what what's the purpose of a primary. The primary is 
just simply the process of choosing what candidate you're going to put on the ballot in November, or your party is going to put on your ballot in, in November for the general election. Right? So far, we're tracking. All right. So political parties are private organizations. That's a correct assessment. Um, if, if political parties are private organizations, why is the government making the rules and, uh, you know, running the election, the primary election? I can find no constitutional basis for that. None. None. None whatsoever. In fact, I mean, um, oh, I don't know. If you go looking into it, like, all of our founding fathers argued and, and warned against the factions. Uh, right, factions. Faction, what they, you know, the parties. They, they warned against that from the beginning. George Washington and, specifically warned against it. Right. Right. He did it in his, uh, what was it, his farewell address. Lots of warnings that we've ignored all of. It's it's sad. My producer is telling me that my, my mic doesn't sound right, so I'm trying to figure out why. You're echoing a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah, I don't get that. Any better? So, so we get twice as much of you, That's which is fine. Oh, well, that's terrible. Hey, there you go. Apparently, I found the right switch or button or knob or whatever. <coughs> Man. <laughs> Technical difficulties galore, and we're only, what, five minutes in. Okay, so the primary election is so that these political parties can choose their person to put on the general election ballot. But yet, the state and local governments are hosting and paying for this primary election process. So far, correct. Yeah. Before we get into how expensive that is, how long do you think the current primary system has been going on in our country? Forever. No, actually, the current system's only been around since like the early 1970s. Really? We, we bounced back and forth between caucuses and conventions and primaries a lot in the first, you know, 150, 200 years. Um, but the, the system as it exists today has only been around since like 1970. You know, what so my response, fact- you know what my response to that is, right? No. Why, why have you not sent me something on that to publish? I just, you know, I just did this research in the like last two days. So what do you wait? So you've had two days then, right? <laughs> no, I have a full-time job too, right, Mike? Oh, well, there is that. You know, see, for those of you listening, the Colonel here keeps wanting me to write more and more for his, his uh, news website. And, um, well, I don't like to write. So, <laughs> so I don't know. Every now and then I get a burr up my butt and I write something. And when I do, I send it to you. And I like appreciate that, it. Like that new declaration I wrote. That was, I like that one. <laughs> anyway, so the, before this, our, our country started with a caucus system, but it wasn't a caucus open to everybody. It was basically a caucus of, of members of the party that would pick, hey, well, who, who do we want to bring into our private club? Well, that started to be a little corrupt, as you can 
imagine. And it went from a caucus type thing to more of a convention type thing where, you know, anybody would go to the convention and then, you know, you voted and argued and you ended up with, with your candidate that way. Then you went from the conventions into primaries and the direct primary where you and I, the average voter, get to vote in, in, in the primary. That's really unique to the United States. Most other countries don't do that. Most other countries, the political leadership chooses who the candidates are going to be or the party leadership. Ah, we got True Seeker Donald over in the Twitch chat room, if you're watching the video on Twitch, says it's all part of the divide and conquer. I absolutely agree with that. And wow. Um, so that's the primary system as we have it today. In, it's paid for by taxpayers because the government runs it. Now, what happened to me was Tuesday, I'm sitting there, I'm watching, like, I've got five polling stations that I patrol, and there's at least five people working in each of those five polling stations. And they all make about 100 bucks for the day. So I'm thinking, hey, that's, you know, that's $500 per polling station. That's, that's $2,500 in this one little town. Like, how many polling stations are there in the country? So I did the look. I did a look up. It's 113,754 polling locations in our country. If you figure 500 bucks a piece, like, wow, that's $56 million just in paying people to sit there. But I was wrong. It's way more than that. The 2016 primary election cost US, U.S. taxpayers $427 million. That's $427 million. Half a billion. Yeah, pretty close to half a billion. That we all paid for because the political parties, well, because they've been in charge so long, they've made these rules. The two political parties that we have now have been in control and in power for so long that they've created these rules so that if you're a third-party guy like me, you don't even get to participate, but you still have to pay for it. You know why that is? Because they don't want to lose their power? Well, yeah, that's the, the big deal. The other part of it is there is actually no enumerated right to vote, individual right to vote in a presidential election. Right, right. The only, the only voting that we're supposed to do for any of the federal positions is for the House of Representatives. That's correct. And yeah. that and that needs to be spread far and wide. Yeah, you don't have a right to vote for your president. Not That's a correct. not a federal constitutional right. That's correct. What what's happened is most states have passed laws that say this is how we're going to cast our electoral votes, and that's where they say that you get to you get to vote for president. Let me uh, edify uh, your listeners. It would actually be perfectly legal for a state legislature to empower the governor to appoint the electors in a presidential mm -hmm. election and determine who they vote for. Right. Right. A state could pass a law that says, Hey, the governor can pick somebody That's or they correct. could pass a law. They could pass a law of, you know, uh, I don't know. We're going to cast lots or, you know, roll dice or, whatever they you know whoever the tallest candidate is they can they can do it however the, they freaking want to 
Well, which actually, here in Alabama, point. they could actually do it, as I've heard, that the uh, the current head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide could actually pick pick the electors. So, no, yeah. If they passed a law that way, yeah, they could. Yes. And there's nothing that you and I could do about it other than you know, vote those people out of the statehouse. Um, so when I, when I heard this, what I thought to be an astronomical cost to primary elections, that made me look into it more. So, you know, there's open primaries versus closed primaries. Pennsylvania, where I live, is a closed primary state, which means that a third-party person or an independent candidate or independent voter can't vote. You have to either be a Democrat or a Republican to vote in the primaries. Now, there's, there's closed primaries, open primaries, but then there's partially open and partially closed. It gets really confusing to differentiate between those. But anyway... If you look at all of those, 26 million voters are disenfranchised out of the primary process because they're either independent or third party in a closed primary state. So again, taxpayer money paying for it, 26 million disenfranchised voters that can't participate. The other side of that, though, is... Open primaries allow Democrats to help pick Republicans' candidates, and vice versa. Oh yeah, yeah. You you get you get to play you get to play politics. That's exactly what you do. So in an open primary, when anybody can vote, like I might be a Republican, and maybe I think that my Republican candidate is good and solid, and he doesn't really need my vote. So I'm going to vote on the Democratic. Con- side i'm gonna vote in the democrat primary and i'm gonna vote for i don't know the weakest possible worst candidate on the ballot to try to give my guy a boost yeah so what do you think do you think that's okay or not i here's what i think i don't freaking care it's up it should be it should be entirely up to the political parties how they want to choose their candidate and hold their primary. There should be no laws involved whatsoever. There should be no taxpayer money involved whatsoever. I knew I liked you. What, like I, I don't care if the Republican Party, if they want to do a direct primary and get votes from their from their, their party members, then they can mail all their party members a ballot. And, you know, do an online survey, whatever. They could do it however they want to do it. They could have it. They could do a caucus. They could do a convention like most of the other third parties, the smaller you know, political parties out there do the um, do, do the convention voting to, to exactly. select their candidate. I don't freaking care how they do it. I just don't want to pay for it anymore. They're, they've got an. Millions. They spend millions and millions of dollars on these on these campaigns, but yet we're subsidizing their process. That's a pile of crap. I agree with you, but you know, there's a, a piece of me that says, you know, if I have to put things on a spending scale of legitimacy, spending money on properly running a an election is okay. Spending that's money, not what this is. <laughs> but spending money on 
welfare, food stamps, and some of the other BS that's going out there. See, I don't, I don't buy that. It's not that they're spending money to properly run an election. They're spending money to properly run some private organization's selection process. It's not an election. It shouldn't be us. I get so, that. So that, made, so that made me look around. And, you know, of course, you know, we've got we've got nine closed, nine partially open, nine, 26 million voters. I already said all of that. One. Well, there's been a couple of studies that say that ranked choice voting or ranked choice primaries would would cut the cost by like 25 percent. OK, well, that's a start. Twenty five percent would be OK. Right. I mean, it'd be nice to to do that. But then when you continue to read these studies, here's one. Here's one right here. I'm going to quote this. You'll notice that several states hold caucuses instead of primaries. As a result of the research and contact with numerous election divisions of secretaries of state, it was revealed that caucuses are paid for by and operated entirely by party leadership in the state and likely drawing from the party's national committees. In this way, caucuses cost the taxpayers of the state nothing. Okay. I like that. Let's go to caucuses everywhere. Actually, let's go to however every state wants to do it, severally. Right. But what I'm saying is call your state people and say, why are we paying to hold the primaries for the, the D's and the R's. Why is taxpayer money being used to help this these, these private organizations, which I think technically are nonprofit organizations, which is another joke, pick their candidates? Well, the, 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 the key, the key that you're, you're dancing around here is we need to get the federal government out of it. It's not the federal government's... No job it's to pick it's mostly the state government in the choice it's mostly the state governments that are paying for the primaries in their states which and, is why you know the the was it 13 caucus states oh they don't have to pay for it i'm not saying that caucus is the answer i'm saying stop using my tax money especially but, if you're not going to let me participate but that becomes a state issue then. Right. Okay. Right. Get but, the federal government hey. out of it and let each state decide how they want to do it. If my state but, decides they want to do stupid stuff, well, you know what? Depending on how egregiously I'm affected by that, I decide to move. What you're, missing is, already, what you're missing is every state already decides how they want to do it, which is why we have you know, nine closed primary states, nine partially open, nine partially closed, 13 caucus states, and then the rest, which uh, 10 that have open primaries. So which so one of those already, do you live in and why? I live in a closed primary. Okay. I lived in a closed, which I'm saying, I want to contact my legislatures. I would talk, could talk to my capital people in Harrisburg and say, I don't want my tax money going to fund this these two criminal organizations anymore.
there you go. That sounds like a great place to take a break. So, hey, the wellness company, TWC.health, TWC.health, the wellness company. It's a bunch of not woke doctors and not woke pharmacists. The people that got canceled during coronavirus, Wuhan flu, whatever, because they wouldn't kowtow to, to the, the uh, I can't remember what it's called. They wouldn't, they wouldn't bend the knee to the settled science of COVID-19. These are the people that you want on your side when you need doctors or medicines or whatever it is that you need. TWC.health. And then use the code Lighthouse to save yourself some money. And uh, greatly appreciate it. Anyway, sorry about that. Commercial break. So, yeah, that, that's my argument is... We shouldn't be involved in this at all. And if you look at it like, oh, my God, going back to the 2016, the funny thing about it is California's primary was the most expensive primary of, of, the, of the 50 states. It was $96 million to run the primary elections. Just it's in ranked, and it's also a ranked choice primary. Is it? it I is. thought they had an all or nothing. No, ma'am. I thought California, I thought California was a... Nope. Was they didn't divide it by party. Whoever the top two vote nope. getters were got it. Rank, no matter. That's called ranked choice. No, no, no. Ranked choice is when you get to vote on multiples. You say, "I want this is my first choice guy. This is my second choice guy. This is nope. my third choice guy." Top two, top two, top two, or top whatever is ranked choice. No, that's not how that works. That's ranked choice. Every, that's part of it. California has California has a unique thing where the top two vote getters, regardless of party. The top two vote getters in the primary are the two that go that go on the ballot in November, that's, which means you could have two Democrats or two Republicans. That's correct. That's a, that's it's, a, it's, that's it's a, essentially ranked choice. Is what it is. No, but it's not. That's not what ranked choice is at all. Ranked choice is when you, the voter, you get to say, "I want Billy Bob as my first choice. I want Tommy as my second choice, and I'll take uh, I don't know Susie as my third choice." Watch, and, and, watch and, how it. Pl- it Watch how it plays out. It's effectively ranked choice. I, I love you, brother. I love you, brother. But yeah, <laughs> that's how it plays out. Anyway, you can have ranked choice and still be a closed primary. Democrats vote for Democrats. Republicans vote for Republicans. Whatever. I. I don't like the the. This is all just how they help to to facilitate and continue. The illusion of a two-party system. Exactly. Because we I don't agree have with the on that one. Yeah. Oh, anyway, we haven't talked about your uh, your site or anything that's up on your site or any of that stuff at all. Let's see here. Um, so, what you got up there now? Um, we're fixing to put some other stuff up about the. Oh my God! We're going to default. All right. Oh, Let me yeah, that's explain a great some stuff some, to some folks out there. The only way the United States government can default on a debt is to fail to pay the interest, fail to pay other debts such as federal pensions to federal employees to include military, and to fail to pay contractors for work already performed. Okay. I can't think of any other reason we would default. Default does not mean failing to pay welfare payments. No, we don't owe that to anybody. 
It doesn't mean failing to pay Social Security, believe it or not, because the Supreme Court has ruled that no one is legally entitled to Social Security payments. So the only way that the U.S. government can default is that they don't pay the interest on the debt, they don't pay retired military pensions or retired judicial pensions or retired federal worker pensions or fail to pay certain contractors who've already performed the work. And the federal government already takes in three or four times as much money as they need to do that. All right. Well, that's a great place to wrap up. Go to the commercial break. Be back in about three minutes after we uh, pay some sponsors. I'm proud to be partnering with Cedar Mill Fine Firearms. Cedar Mill Fine Firearms does some of the coolest firearms cases you'll find anywhere. Have you ever wanted to carry your AR-15 discreetly? How about a rifle case that looks like a guitar case until you open it up? Go to CedarMillFirearms.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE the next time you're looking for a cleaning kit or a case to carry your firearms. That's cedarmillfirearms.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE. Thinking about it lately Been watching some TV Been looking all around me Watching TV, that's never never an answer to anything. Hey, welcome back. I'm Peter Seraphine. Please remember that free speech is not free. Support this free speech network, whichever network you're listening to or watching from didn't give out that this is a live radio show but i do turn on a camera if you want to see my ugly mug you could do that on the rbn youtube page or my facebook page or twitter i don't have a youtube anymore they got rid of mine uh rumble twitch is where i recommend that's twitch.tv slash p seraphine and uh if you do that when you chat when you comment on the video i see it and uh That's cool because we can bring you into the conversation. We got Colonel Mike Ford with us tonight, and we have Mike in Kentucky on line one. Welcome to the show, Mike and Mike. Well, you guys are on to something. If you remember, our state senator here in the good old almost heaven, well, no, it's it's, uh, the happy hunting grounds or the dark and bloody soil, Kentucky, uh, you know, West Virginia is almost heaven because, you know, it's not quite Kentucky. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, Rand Paul had to pay because he wanted to be on the ballot for senator. And yet he also wanted to run against Trump. And so he or his campaign, I don't know, there's so many dang campaign finance laws. I don't know exactly how this worked, but he... Now, is the first caucus we had in Kentucky for the Republican presidential election, or any caucus, I think, for something like 80 years. And so a lot of states can do that. You know, if somebody has a conflict like that, their campaign can pay for the caucus. And I covered it as a member of the press, uh, which uh, in Kentucky the original Constitution said the presses shall be free to anybody who covers uh, the minutes of the legislature. 
So nice. the government has tried to license every dang thing they can, so that turns it into a government-granted privilege. And right now I'm facing a $144,344 fine from the FCC because I wanted to appeal them shutting us down uh, as a local low-power TV station with a whopping 18 watts that <laughs> on a good day went a good day went less than 20 miles if you had a really good antenna and you're on a super high hill and there wasn't any iron deposits around or any AC transformers to interfere with it, you know, a bunch of noise. So, uh, and of course, they wanted everybody to go digital, and the digital was crap for over a decade. It finally started getting better when the military let go of some special comb filters that were super top secret. And then the receiver technology got given to South Korea by Zenith. So now they have super top secret comb filter technology. They never paid for it. LG never paid for that receiver technology. But round the mountain and back to the t- subject here, the, the uh, uh, caucuses can be paid for by the party. And I, I wonder if it wouldn't be a good idea to get, you know, uh, I forget these different organizations, but there's some uh, smart vote. There's uh, there's different organizations that ought to be interested in it. If anybody out there is a double super top, uh, you know, what do you call them? Uh, what is uh, Rand, Paul, Rand Paul's dad? Uh, uh, Ron Paul is a, uh, not an independent, what does he call himself, libertarian? If there's any super yeah. rich libertarians out there, they could uh, probably sway some of these organizations to start suing state by state. To get caucuses back, just you know, as a as a you know, uh, uh, you know, consumer uh, or uh, customer of government, we're getting ripped off. Like you say, we're really getting ripped off. And Absolutely. you know, I think it was on Mike Rivero's show. I was I've been listening off and on and distracted. There was a caller that called in and said that our our uh, flag for the United States almost was the you know obverse to the Great Seal with this. All C and I and whatever, and how corrupt the founders were and all this stuff, you know, Illuminati, Masons, and all that sort of stuff. At the local county level, I've run into this where Shriners and Masons are on both of the executive committees for each party. Well, they can sit there and play games and say, "Well, you're going to run this. You're going to let us win this election, right? Well, we're going to run this guy," and they can uh, pit people against each other like. Uh, I think your guest was saying that they could go vote Democrat and vote for the worst candidate to try to make sure that the Democrat loses against the the, the front runner and the Republicans. That kind right. of stuff. Right. The voters don't have that much power, but these county executive committees—if you could infiltrate those—that there would be, you know, where you could affect things. But you know, it's just like you know, Masons. The average Mason is fairly well off, but man, you got to have a lot of money to get into the Shriners. You look at their well, I, big Shrine temples and I stuff. And it. Just, I'm sorry, I'm barely hearing you. No, you're right. I, I, you're right. Um, I don't know if they like have a income requirement or anything, but it does seem to be that the the one the ones that are there and active have a bunch of money. Well, you got to be able um, to afford the Harley. Well, you have. Is that well, yeah, they special. I found that out a couple of years ago. They have special colors in Harley that only Masons can get. I didn't know that until just a couple of years ago. I bought a bought a used Jeep off of some guy that had one of those, and I gave him the 
the grip and said, how old's your grandma? Is this stuff's all leaked out on the Internet, you know, the, like how you greet a mason with the little tap to their second knuckle or their wrist with your finger. There's a couple different grips, you know, that's leaked out. And they probably changed it, but uh, <laughs> you, it, they'll ask you a cryptic question, and you're supposed to know the, the answer to it. And I haven't got far enough to find out what those are, and it may vary per lodge. But anyway, you can... You can figure out if somebody's a mason a lot of times from their license plates. I actually got invited. They're not supposed to invite you, but I got invited to join a local lodge because I was griping about the masons controlling everything. And it's basically an intelligence uh, operation. And you know what Chucky Schumer said? If you mess with the intelligence community, they can mess with you six ways from Sunday. Mm-hmm. So it took them a while to figure out how to get the FCC's travel money to come up here and shut us down. I mean... Uh, a guy from Texas uh, out of Houston who got the rug pulled out from him, under him on a couple of licenses was talking to the lawyers in Washington, D.C. And uh, this lawyer told him as he's getting on the elevator to leave, you know, basically saying he couldn't help him, but, and he dropped the bomb. He said, hey, there's a guy in Moorhead, Kentucky, which I call the targeted town of Kim Davis, that's been operating a license for 16 years with no license, you know, low-power TV. But we don't even, you know, I, did, I couldn't find a lawyer to save my life that would help me with this. We're not in interstate commerce. I did everything we could to avoid interstate commerce and basically operated as a cable TV station. I'm not the engineer. I'm not the owner. I had no power to turn the transmitter on and off or be a sensor for the people that were using it in an underserved area. And an engineer from Houston, uh, retired, said that station's serving the public more than a full power station. So the whole system's rigged. William Benny has put it out there last year. He said our entire legal system has been scrapped. We're dealing with a pirate government. It's it's fraud. Oh, it's completely fraud. And it's, it's run by whoever's got the most money at the time. The, the lobby groups, the masons, the whoever, whoever's, you know, greasing the palms, so to speak. They're but the funny thing and about they that wonder is, why people they wonder why people don't vote. Well, the, the funny thing about that to me is that it used to be that that palm greasing was done behind closed doors. Now they do it right out in front of you. Well, not so much in eastern Kentucky and different places. They did vote hauling, and uh, if you watch the movie uh, out of Texas, uh, what was it called, Charlie Wilson's War, he gives the story for how he got into politics. Some jerk killed his dog with a hamburger with glass in it or something, so it died a horrible death. Well, he realized this guy uh, could be unseated by the black vote, and he and his brother or something started vote hauling under an election and he said, that's when I fell in love with America. It's right in the movie on how he did vote hauling to unseat his local state senator in Texas. And if anybody's not seen that movie, you need to watch it. There's a scene where he's laying in a bathtub. This is, you know, arch liberals of Hollywood, uh, Tom Hanks and uh, Julia Roberts. She's playing this Texas operative. Uh, I can't remember her name. She's fairly famous, like the fourth richest woman in Texas. And she sounds... If in the scene, she sounds just like a CIA operative. And she's, she's t- Charlie, I want you to go to Afghanistan and save the Afghans, or the Afghanistan for the Afghanistanis, or whatever. And he gets, you know, have you seen it? You know what I'm talking about? He calls No, her, I haven't. Yeah, well, he calls her, man, you look very good naked. And she goes, are you trying to break me? Anyway, 
the thing that I fell off the couch, I couldn't believe got out of Hollywood, was when he said, look, I'm not sure how my uh, supporters are going to feel about me making deals with the Muslims. And she goes, Charlie, how many Jews do you have in your district? And he goes, seven. And he goes, <laughs> uh, congressmen aren't elected by voters. They're elected by contributors, and mine are in Hollywood, Florida, and New York. I'm Israel's guy on the hill. And I fell off my couch when I saw that. Somebody recommended that movie to me. I had to special order it to find it. It probably is on Netflix, but it's called Charlie Wilson's War, and it helped me. Charlie Wilson's War is a great is a great film. Everybody should watch it. Yeah, and it helped me understand some of the crap that's been going on in Afghanistan, especially we piece it together with the idea that yep. uh, you know, Osama bin Laden was a made man, CIA, you know, pushed him into his position. And whatever happened to him, if he went sideways, I don't know, but went off the ranch and they had to kill him. He knew too much for sure. But uh, yeah, we've, anyway. we've done that so many times. It's funny. I mean, Osama bin Laden is one thing, but then you got like Saddam Hussein, who we propped up because he wanted to fight against Iran. So we're like, hey, we like this guy because he's fighting Iran. Then a couple of years later, like, oh, we don't like this guy anymore. And it's, it, we do that all the time. I know a neocon, Arch W supporter that hated Obama and everything. He was so mad. He said, why couldn't we have planted some weapons of mass destruction on uh, Saddam? We couldn't find them. I said, look, they had all the receipts. Uh, go watch the video from Kamasia. They had NATO color-coded, all kinds of munitions. They blew it up in the, in the 90s. No, they knew we actually had. discovered weapons of mass destruction that Saddam had. Okay, I was there. I saw. Yeah, it. yeah. So, you know, uh, W joking about that was probably yet another psyop. <laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, it was a great excuse to spray out how many tons of depleted uranium over that country. I mean, it set off radiation right. meters in England. You know, and they try to say they didn't. But uh, they even bought the commercial weather satellite imagery uh, when they started a, a war in Afghanistan because people were making note of the cloud formations that they were using to create high-frequency radio pathways from the earwigs and stuff back to the command centers in Pakistan. And so, I mean, that's how much fake money this government has, you know. We have to know what we're up against, and I think we got to start really infiltrating at the local level at these uh, executive committees. And I don't know if, if it would do any good to try to join local lodges, you know, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> uh, you know, well, I mean, any, any group, any organization is going to have more sway than any individual. Yeah. If I walk into my borough council building and I say, All right, well, here's an example. I did this once. I did this as, as the commander of the American Legion in, in a little tiny town, see? So the police had had started to take, the local police had started to take and park their, their cruiser in the American Legion parking lot just because the road, no, no, they weren't going after us. They weren't. They, they would park in our parking lot because there was a big hill that was a state road. Oh. And the state was giving them money at the local level right. to, for, for, for for writing tickets. Yeah, they called it grant. And, yeah. Well, it's, it just so happens that this particular big hill 
happens to end right where the speed limit drops 10 miles an hour. <laughs> and every time they, every time the, one of these big rigs comes down the hill, they can't slow down fast enough and they pull them over. But yeah. the side effect of this was I, you know, at the American Legion, I had many people telling me, many Legionnaire members telling me that they just drive right by our club and go to the next club because there was a cop in the parking lot. So I put on my American Legion uniform and I yep. went into the to the town you know, the, the next township meeting and asked them to move. Please. You're and, intimidating and, our veterans. And and putting you know and telling them that, you know, my club raised nine million dollars to give to this town last year. Wow. And by you doing this, we can't raise that money anymore. Jeez. The funny thing. The funny thing about ours it is, is some of the debt. board. Members, I wish ours raised that much money. Our local American yeah. Legion is in debt. They got tricked in in a property deal by the local constabulary. This this town, I don't. It's hard to know how corrupt things are around here. Election well, the funny thing about it worse. was, that, you know, the, the 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 supervisors, you know, the town, the board township board supervisor people. One of them was like arguing with me. How do you know it's the police officer not being there that's causing this? But but afterwards, the police chief walked up to me and says. Yeah, we'll move. <laughs> he said, didn't what? know it was such a big deal. The, oh, the police chief came up. Was, of course it would yeah, be. He, Who's going to go in there and sit at the bar and chew the fat with other veterans if they know a cop's sitting there? I mean. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's, Mike, it's I got to let you go. All right, thanks. Thank you very much for your call. Always appreciate it. And uh, now let me tell you about right to bear insurance. If you own a firearm, I highly recommend right to bear insurance it is the most affordable carry insurance on the market so if you conceal carry you open carry if you own a firearm you should visit protectwithbear.com it is the most affordable carry insurance on the market and when you use code lighthouse at protectwithbear.com i'll save you another 10 (laughs) percent and moving on Sarah in Oregon, line three. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. This is your PSA. Support free speech. Donate. Donate to whatever free speech platform you like. So help out RBN because they're in a little bit of debt. So so thank you. Bye. Thank you very much for your daily PSA, Sarah. Yes, support the Free Speech Network, the whether it's uh, RBN or Mojo Five O Radio or wherever you you hear voices like ours, support them. Like American Free News Network, for example, Colonel Mike Ford. So there's an article. There's an article up on your site right now that's about uh, you know Mister Shifty Schiff in a town with corrupt liars. Adam Schiff is liar number one or something like that. He brings evil to a whole new level. That's all I can say. Yeah. This, this, I don't know how he still has a job. I mean, the guy repeatedly said, you know, regarding the, the, the Trump impeachment, well, we've got the evidence. We've got the evidence. We've got, I've seen it. I, but he never shared it even in his, even during the impeachment. My favorite one was when he sat there with a piece of paper 
and pretended to be reading a transcript of the of the the Trump Ukrainian phone call, and then Trump declassified the transcript of the re- of the real one. And we're like, oh, so he never said any of that crap that you just made up. Let me tell you what bothered me the most about that. There was a United States Army lieutenant colonel who basically decided that he, instead of the commander-in-chief duly elected by the American people, was the one who decided foreign policy. Right. Okay. Alexander Vindman, if he was in front of me right now, I would punch him in the mouth. Because you mean, he's uh, a sorry excuse for a United States Army officer. You say okay. you mean Lieutenant Colonel. Lieutenant, Lieutenant Colonel, Colonel non-promotable because Trump did not promote him to full bull. Okay, that's fine. Okay. If he was in front of me right now, I would punch him in the mouth. I'm sorry <laughs> for talking about violence, but that's what he deserves because he has sorry excuse for a commissioned officer in the United States Army. Well, as uh, you were, you were full bird, Colonel, right? Yeah, accidentally because of a whole bunch of folks that shoved me up there. Yes, accidentally. <laughs> no, no, I'm telling you, it wasn't. It wasn't because of my talents. It was because of a command sergeant major named Don McCrory who shoved me up there. It was of a whole bunch of majors and captains who made me look much better than I ever could myself. So, yes, I got shoved up to full colonel by a bunch of people much more talented than myself. A bunch of people under you that made you look that much better. Oh, hugely. Because I'm, 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 you know, ask anybody that actually knows me, I'm dumber than a sack of hammers. But these people made me look good. All right, Colonel. We got uh, Lynn in Maryland on line one. Welcome to the show, Lynn. Thank you, Peter. I got to tell you, I only heard just part of this, and I had to call in and say, Mike, would you please put me in queue? What got to me was Devin Nunes standing in the White House driveway, waving that piece of paper that somebody had slipped to him, you know, so he could take it to President Trump, that he had typed up. It was a big hooey lie. And I even verified that with the Intelligence Committee folks. So... You know, but he's doing a great job with that true social, I guess. But I wanted to tell you something else that you get another gold star for, Peter. I I actually put the paper in my recycling, so I don't have it right in front of me. But um, I think it was like probably last Friday. It could have been Saturday, um, maybe Thursday. There was another article in the paper, and it was about the D.C. jail. And it was about, I don't know if it was the warden or superintendent or whoever got in trouble, has been, you know, called on the carpet and because of the poor health conditions. And they named the J6 person with leukemia who had not been treated well, who had a broken wrist that they didn't have, get attended. And they, ha- they have been making changes and improvements to the D.C. jail. So, again, Good. kudos for you. That's awesome. Yes. Because uh, that until... jail's been a nightmare for years and years and years. It's horrible place. Right. And anytime the lawmakers come in to, to um, inspect or you know, visit or whatever, it smells suspiciously like bleach, oh. like they ran around and cleaned everything. 
just before they got. Yeah. Yeah. Like a nursing home. So when, uh, what's his name? Um, when Dave Summerall's on in two weeks and he comes back, he's our, our January 6th gulag crusader. When he comes back, you'll have to, you'll have to call and talk to him. Okay. And if I can, I'll find the article. And I'll, I'll pull right. it and save it so you know who the reporter is because somebody might want to, you know, call him and give him kudos for doing the story. Absolutely. I don't know if it was him or Ashley or who it was, but I'll let you know when he's on. I'll call back. Anybody thank who's you very to much. To, thank you, Lynn. Thanks for the call. Greatly appreciate it. Oh, and there was a good I'm, hearing today. Well, actually not good, but it may be interesting. Some of you may really like it. I didn't. But it was the um, committee on, you know, weaponizing our government. I think Jim Jordan's getting pretty good at that. Weaponizing our government, I mean, not fixing it. Okay. Not not exposing weapons. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you very much, Lynn. Greatly appreciate the call. Always appreciate learning about uh, 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 journalists and authors who are actually willing to write things and stand up to the... uh, the uh, January 6th gulag. You had anything anything like that on uh, American Free News Network lately? About the J6 prisoners and the gulag and the, that nonsense? There's a few of our folks that are talking about that. What's interesting to note that we are spending billions in prosecuting people that essentially, as as I and Her Majesty, that's my lovely wife, Her Majesty Queen Teresa, watched as that whole thing play out, people walking between the velvet guide ropes and looking at all the wonderful things in Constitution Hall and then taking selfies with uh, the guards. Yet a whole bunch of folks are being prosecuted as opposed to the people that murdered 30-plus people during the BLM riots and attempted to assassinate police officers in their precincts by burning them alive. So you tell me what's different there. Right. Right. Well, one of them was a peaceful protest, and the other was an insurrection. Haven't you read the newspapers? Well, yeah, I'm trying to figure out where their insurrection was. There were no weapons involved. There was no Mm -hmm. violence. In fact, the only murder that took place was when a Capitol Police officer shot a female Air Force veteran in the face and killed her. And I, I, I looked at the video to that. She was horizontal and supine and at no point could have ever posed any kind of threat. Now, right. as a former cop, if I had shot that woman, my ass would have been in jail right now. Right. I'd still be in jail. Right. You... You only shoot when when there's imminent danger. And even if she was armed, like you said, she was supine, horizontal, crawling through a small window. She was not a threat and should not have been shot. But there's the also... Officer, the, the, off, the officer, in quotes that I uh, say here, he, his butt should be in jail right now. Well, there's also Roseanne Boylan who was beaten to death by a Metro police officer on camera. I don't have to say, allegedly, there's video. You can see Roseanne Boylan being beaten until she's unconscious and people trying to stop the beating and them getting hit. 
And then there was the two gentlemen, and I never remember their names, and I feel horrible. You know, we all remember Ashley Babbitt, and now I remember Roseanne Boylan. I can't remember the two gentlemen's names. And uh, Mr. Dave Sumrall will will, uh, re-educate me next time he's on the show. But two guys that, that died from concussion grenades thrown into the middle of the crowd, violating every safety rule of the use of concur- concur- So the un- question is, why are not individuals being personally prosecuted using the same lawfare that Democrats do? We need to start prosecuting individuals, and if we can't get them on that particular action, then you know what? Stand by their driveway, allow them to hit you as they back out, and then prosecute them. Make, well, they're them, not, it's feel, not, make them feel the same legal pain we're feeling. It's worse than not prosecuting the off the uh, the DC Metro police officer who beat Roseanne Boylan to death was given awards and treated like a hero. Roseanne Boylan was the one that the news media said she died of a drug overdose because she did have a a past history of drug problems. He should be personally prosecuted. He and his family should be mercilessly attacked via lawfare. Let them feel the pain that we're feeling right now. I agree. Everybody, please go check out American Free News Network at AFN dot AF AFNN AFNN America Free News Network U.S. A-F-N-N dot U.S. And uh, we'll see you in a month there, Colonel Ford. I'll see you there. Commercial break. Be back in three minutes. Patriots and Freedom Fighters. If you live stream, I want you to check out Restream. Restream is how this broadcast is being simultaneously sent to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, DLive, and Rumble. Not only that, but your guests can also pair their video platforms with your broadcast and have your broadcast on your platforms and their platforms all at the same time. Go to liberty-lighthouse.com slash restream, and I'll save you $10 off for the premium service that I know you're going to want. That's liberty-lighthouse.com slash restream. The American dream has become a nightmare Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town Like a cancer that silently spreads There's an unspoken fear We're on our way down we must take Hey, welcome back to the top of the second hour of National Intel Report live on Republic Broadcasting Network. 
Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo 50 Radio, Patriot Nation Radio, Radio Network, and everywhere else that you find the show. As I promised at the top of this here second hour, we're going to have Mr. Corey Haig, the uh, founder and editor-in-chief of uh, Liberty Uncensored Newspaper. Welcome to the show, Corey. Thank you very much. Good to be here. So, why start a newspaper? Isn't newspaper, like, dying? No, actually, it's the opposite right now. I'll tell you what. Big newspaper is dying, just like uh, Fox News is dying, just like CNBC is dying, and shows like yours are going to be the, the new way that people get information. But in the same fashion, independent newspapers are on the rise, especially ones that are telling the truth about what's going on in this world, the truth that people are missing out on, whether they're on social media or whether they're trying to get their information from any of those mainstream channels. So if you're reading The Times, it's on its way out. You need a new source of information. And that's what we're here to provide. So creating a newspaper is the number one way if, I mean, any any kind of tangible physical object that you are passing to another human being, how do you censor that? That's the number one question. So if we can make a newspaper or any kind of media that we can just pass to someone and the only way they can censor themselves at that point is if they choose not to take it, well, now we're circumventing all of the algorithms on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff, and we don't even have to think about it because guess what? The information is coming right to your door. It's coming to you from people that are volunteering to bring it to you. So obviously the motive has to be different than monetary gain. And it's coming in a way that no government can interfere with. They can't get in the center of us. So if I want to pass a note to you, I write something on a piece of paper and I pass it over to you. The only way we can censor that is if I don't pass the note or you don't take it. But if we do any other method, if we go through any other medium, well, guess what? Somebody's out there and they're trying to censor you right now. It's not even that it can be censored. It's that it's actively happening right now, and it's increasing. So how much control our government has over the Internet, how much control over um, our, our even corporations have over the control of what kind of content is allowed on their platforms or whatever. I mean, it's just going to get worse from here. And, and so the idea for making a newspaper actually came from the idea, how do we just get around this? What's the most direct, easy, simple way to just get around all of this? And it's just... It's the same concept. Just pass something to somebody, private property being passed to another human being. And um, and that's how we got started with the paper anyway. And that's what that's the methodology behind it. We just want to get the information out. And it's like, how do you get that done? Newspaper is the way. It's, it's, it's just like voting and ballots. Paper is the standby. You, you need the paper. You need that tangible Nobody can mess with it. There it is thing. You don't have to tell me about censorship. I mean, during the great Q purge on Twitter, you know, was it two years ago when they decided to delete everybody who had the, you know, any reference to Q in their profile, I lost half of my followers. And then just, uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago, YouTube decided, nope, we're done with you. And they deleted me entirely. So I completely get that. And, uh, you made a great argument as to why to do a newspaper. That was that, that was the great answer because I honestly, when I saw it, I mean, I want it. I you know I subscribed electronically. Um, I thought like, why would you do a newspaper today when when newspaper seems to be dying? But you're right. It's the it's yep. the un unstoppable, passable medium. Yep, that's awesome. Yep, 
try to try to come at us, you know, open open invite to the government to come after us, because guess what? Even if you take us down as one independent newspaper, well, personally, I could just go start another newspaper under any other name. Right. So right now we're incorporated. Right. We are an LLC in, in their in their world. But we didn't really have to do that. And I'm probably going to cancel that anyway. We don't have to be a, a corporation under their their terms. So instead of doing that, instead of going under their, you know, it's like when you go into court, you don't walk into their court. You bring the court with you. You bring the, the law of, of man with you, common law. So in the same way, don't don't start a business be, in the way that they want you to. Just be an agorist. You know, do what you are called to do. You don't have to ask for permission as long as you're not harming another human being. So you know, come after me. I dare you because I'll just go start another paper. I'll, I'll pass it in whatever way I can and whatever medium I can. That's going to circumvent your, uh, Leviathan methodologies. Right. So I'm, I'm going through here and I'm trying to like, you know, get it so I can have show the paper on, on, uh, on screen. But apparently I didn't like download it and appropriately do it right. Cause when you go to Liberty Uncensored NP, as in Liberty Uncensored Newspaper, uh, you you sign up and you get it emailed and a link, and you don't actually you don't view it on your website. Uh, you can't. There 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 is an option where you can choose to. It's kind of like a su- subscriber thing where you can choose to view it only on the website. But if you want to be able to download, we tried to make it as easy as possible, you know, provide as many options as, as possible. Our paper's free. Um, and we are, we operate by donations, sponsorship, advertising. That's, that's how we're getting by. So, you know, we want the paper to be available in all mediums everywhere for free or as close to free as we can possibly make it. This is not, we're not trying to make a bunch of money off people. We're trying to share information that's going to wake people up to what's going on in the world and to tell them, Hey, there's options out there and there's people like you and people who want to live free. And this is how we're going to do it. And this is how we're going to collaborate toward a greater world. And, um, and so everything's free. And if you go to the website, you can, you can definitely get it on a PDF, uh, you know, instant download PDF version, but you can also get, um, it's like a subscriber option and you can go in there and you can choose to, uh, see it only on the website as well and uh i guess that would be another option there but um the only things we charge for actually is if 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 you're not in an area where we're distributing the paper for free you can um order the paper in various quantities right um yeah so where are you distributing the paper so right now we are distributing in several places in Colorado, uh, in Taos, New Mexico, a little bit in Arizona, uh, a little bit in Oregon. And over the summer, my mission is to make sure that we get two things over, over this summer is my personal mission is to get more advertisers from the freedom community, the Liberty community to come on board and advertise with us to, um, to increase the amount of funding that we get to be able to put the paper out to more people. And also it's to, find places that want to distribute the paper all over the country. So we've already got a pretty wide area considering that we only started seven months ago, but we're going to be increasing drastically. So I'll be going to Porkfest in New Hampshire. And I think I'll make a lot of connections out there with people who will want to distribute in New Hampshire. Um, 
I'll be going to several places on the East Coast, and then I'll be back in uh, Arizona and, uh, and then in Oregon again. And some places, I mean, it definitely, definitely some people are going to receive this better. We want to be able to put this paper in places where we're going to be received very well. But also, and one of the biggest missions of the paper is to, to bring ourselves to places where people might not have ever seen this kind of content before. They didn't know it existed. They didn't know that they could think and, and operate in a different way than what they're living in right now. So, you know, there's, in my, in my understanding, there's hundreds of millions, and considering we only have 350 million people maybe in the United States, there is hundreds of millions of people who want to live in a freer, more abundant way that they're living right now. And so we just want to be a doorway for people to access the information that they are craving, which is how to be abundant in your life, how to maintain your health, how to truly stay free, how to truly make um, you know income without harming another human being. It's true anarchist principles. It's true voluntarist principles. And that's what we want to get across to people. Hey, you don't harm somebody else then you're not doing anything wrong. As long as you're not harming someone, anything you want to do, you can do. So if we can get that across to people as, as a fundamental principle of the way we should be interacting, not based on uh, religious dogma, political dogma, not, not based on skin color, not based on sex, not based on any of that stuff. I mean, it's like we should know this by now, but apparently we don't. Um, but, you know, if we can get that across to people, hey, just live a, a, a life of nonviolence and and also just disregard oppression in, in whatever way it comes into your life. Just disregard it. Ignore it. It does not exist to you because you're a free human being. That's what we want to get across to people. That's awesome. And, and the fundamental principles of constitutionalists and, and libertarians and anarchists is like your rights only end when they impact someone else's rights. That's right. it. Not when you impact somebody else's feelings. You know, the whole, right. ha, 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 you know, facts don't care about your feelings. Oh, it's true. Like, yep. it doesn't, you know, we've gone way soft in this country. And I don't oh, yeah. know if I warned you or not, but this is a live call-in radio show. Awesome. So how do you feel about taking uh, calls from random listeners that you don't know? Absolutely, yeah. Awesome. So questions for Mr. Corey Haig, the man or editor in chief of Liberty Uncensored phone line open at 512-248-8252. And if you like that toll free option, 800-313-9443. So what made you do this? Well, for years now, I've been, uh, you know, in varying capacities and various ways I've been interacting with the freedom community that is people who are putting on freedom events people who are doing amazing projects in this world that increase the amount of liberty that each individual can experience in their in their personal life and through interacting with all of these things i thought you know what there's so many problems in the 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 biggest problem really is getting this information to be mainstream accessible so as long as we're you know talking to the same people revolving around the same circles it's like yeah we all know this but how do we get like you know my my personal family who doesn't have any context for 
to, to relate to this content. Like, how do I get them on board? And, you know, that's that's mainstream. And all the people I don't know that are mainstream, how do I get them on board? And uh, to even investigate a little bit, to look into things that, that otherwise they might be afraid to look at or they might be they might just say, oh, that's conspiracy theories or that's, you know, the other side or the enemy or whatever, you know, all the propaganda that's put in our heads. So the question has been, how do we get this content to be absorbed by as many people as we can possibly get to absorb it? How do we gain the advantage over the agenda of the globalist parasites that are running the world and running our country? So in that process of thinking, I've developed many things. I've gone from uh, developing other kinds of businesses to social clubs to, to very, many different projects, uh, helping other people with their projects to... Uh, many different ways, many, many, many different platforms. So my last birthday, October 13th, I woke up and I had an epiphany and I said, newspaper, it's so easy. It's so cheap. It's so cheap. And if we, if we can fund it by people within the community that are, that have amazing projects and they want to advertise their projects, of course, they want to get it out to as many people as possible. And we put it in this cheap media we bring it door to door for free. Everybody can just have it for free. And if they want to burn it or, you know, wipe their butts with it, that that's their prerogative. But we're going to bring it to them for free. And I think that this is just my opinion, I guess. But I think there's far, far more people, especially in this country, who are in opposition to this new woke leftist extremist kind of mentality. I think there's so many people out there that are just waiting they're like they're like how do i get out of this nonsense that's going on so if we could just bring a paper to them that says hey look here look right over here we got a solution hey look over here there's a community right there waiting for you if we can just provide these doorways to people i think there's so many people just waiting and you know it's it, the problem is really when we get on the internet it's like all the algorithms and they, they own the internet the oppositional forces the, the they them forces they own the internet and so it's like how do we get around that we just go direct i go right, right up to people and i pass them the newspaper hand to hand i give them a smile and i say hey you know let me know what you think my email's right there love it thank you very much um i'm gonna tell people about one of my sponsors because you know i like to make a buck every now and then too so Absolutely. romika designs father's day is coming up what four weeks three weeks i don't know next month I got six kids. You'd think I'd know when Father's Day is. Anyway, Father's Day is coming up real soon. RomikaDesigns.com is the place where you want to go to support a small business owned by a patriot where you can get custom laser engraved anything you want. He does custom laser cutting, laser engraving, all kinds of cool stuff. And if you've got something in your house that you want to have engraved you, you want to send it to him, he'll do that too. That's Romika designs.com r-o-m-i-k-a designs.com use the code lighthouse when you're there and uh we'll save you a little bit of money in the process awesome products done by my friend ron at romica designs.com all right Corey, i totally get the handing something out thing i have personally you know used my own money and i have bought thousands of copies of the pocket constitution and handed nice. them out to people all over the place. Um, yep. 
I'm a, a constitutional originalist, and my opinion is that if it's not in the Constitution, our federal government shouldn't be doing it. And uh, that's my thing. Like, nobody reads the Constitution anymore. So I love the idea. Brilliant. Put it on paper. Take it to somebody. You can't have these global oligarchs, like, just click, click, click and make it go away. Right. Awesome. And now Absolutely. we've got Patrick in Texas on line one. Welcome to the show, Patrick. Ah, thank you very much. I like what you said there about, you know, if you didn't harm anyone, then, you know, then uh, it's not any kind of law against you. Uh, it's, you know, they got 80 million statutes and codes. It's not really in the Constitution. They just, they've done it. Uh, and they, and they and built all these, uh, you know, like Uniform Commercial Code, and that's all separate, you know. But the, and then you got, you got uh, federal, state, city ordinances, codes. You know, they will use against you. Uh, however, it's, it, that's called policy, and uh, that's supposed to be for the federal employees for their self-regulation. But they've, uh, you know, they've done us a big favor, and they've all made us U.S. citizens. And uh, so, anyway, they're not going to let go of us, you know, just like anything else they, they do, this New World Order does. You know, that once they got their, their fangs into you, you know, they're, they're just going to bleed us dry, which they've been doing. And, uh, and the only, I see the only way I to really have make a difference is, uh, you know, is you're going to have to basically do as clear as we are the fourth branch of government, and we're going to have to take care of ourselves. And and uh, do our own common law courts like we used to have. Uh, we had a a, a a pastor that was doing had a common law court in Texas. He died in 1992, and nobody's been able to you know fill his shoes. And they were you know they they would give him credit. You know this case has been adjudicated, and they wouldn't touch it. But you know that's all long gone. You know they they're just such out of monopoly, and there's so much money and corruption. Uh, so I, I don't want to, you know, belabor that too much. I just want to, you know, say we're going to if anything happens, oh, it's going to have to come from us because they are not do I see it? They're not going to relinquish their control over us. And what do you think about that? Well, think I think about ab- I, I think absolutely you're correct, one hundred percent. There's no way. I mean, imagine. I mean, for, even for the average person, right? We're not even talking about for psychopaths, which most of these people in office, most of these people in our government, they're, they're true psychopaths. I mean, you can you can measure it, measure their psychopathy. So even for the average person, though, you get into position of power. And what's the first thing you do? You start to influence the world around you with your power, with your authority, based on your opinions, based on your thoughts of what's right. Well, somebody who doesn't agree with you over here Right. They might not agree with you. And what are you going to start to do? You're going to start to use your authority to enforce things because you have the best idea in the room. Right. But that's not really how it is. Each individual is a sovereign being on this planet. Each individual has the common right to live how they choose to live as long as they're not going to murder, assault, rape, trespass or steal from another human being. And, you know, definitely these these parasites that are in government, these parasites that are in these the plutocracy of today, the corporations, the government, they don't give a hoot about any of us. We are the chattel. And so if we want to take back our sovereignty in the, in their eyes, right. To make them accountable, to make them responsive to our sovereignty. If we want to take that back, 
there's a few methods, right? We can just totally opt out. We can totally say no, build parallel systems, right? And personally, I'm pretty much on that game. I want I, I live a totally separate life. I do not pay my taxes. I do not use a driver's license, registration insurance, or license plate on my car. I do not um, confer with the government for any permits or registration or anything like that for anything that I personally want to do in this life. And I will say this in any forum, anywhere. I just don't care what the government does. The, the, for me, the most important thing is just to ignore it, right? And if we want to build a government based on constitutionalism, if we want to build a government based on the, the republic that we're supposed to have, it means living that way. And the republic that we're supposed to have today is the is basically it's built on the common law. It's based on something far older even than our constitution. Our constitution was just an affirmation of our common law. It was an affirmation of our natural rights. So if we want it back, we got to just act like it's already here. We got to live our lives today in the common law. And if enough of us do this, and we do this with the right kind of, um, we do this with the right, right character, and we live in our values and our principles, then one, we're going to influence the people around us, and two, we're going to influence the government to change, uh, because the government can only exist in an oppressive way when we allow it to. Yeah, it's they they have no exceptions. They have no exceptions in the in the in the, in the Bill of Rights. You know, this is it. You know, and there's even some that you know, we do not uh, not enumerated shall not be denied or disparaged. You know, they didn't say, okay, well, we're going to go ahead and do some of that stuff with y'all. You know, in, in conjunction with y'all. No, you know, the, we, we did not. We did not have anything to do with them. And they, but they've 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 had their way with us. You know, and everything else they've done with us, Social Security and everything else. You now it's part of their you know, establishment. Okay, I, I, thanks for taking my call. Bye bye. Hey, thank you very much, Patrick. Uh, Corey, you're absolutely right. I mean, the the Declaration of Independence clearly states that we're supposed to be the sovereigns, not some ginormous, faceless federal government, especially not some bureaucracy that we didn't elect. These, right? You know, four hundred and forty federal departments, agencies, and and, and offices filled by appointments. We didn't elect any of those people. And right. they're all writing regulations which have the effect of law, which that violates Article One of the Constitution that clearly says only Congress can pass laws. Yep. But we're treating... Yep. We've gotten to the point where we're treating not only regulation, but executive order as law. An executive order being treated as law. Well, well, then we might as well have a king at that point. It's this. Yep. What's the point? Totally. Well, you know that's that's one of the interesting points about uh, the origins of our constitution is actually that there was a lot of disagreements around what kind of government we should have, right? And so you had the the, the common references that we have, like the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists. But there was a lot more than that. And actually, this country was built on Whigs, and most people won't be able to understand what Whigs is today, but a Whig is basically the common law man. That, that The whole movement, I mean, we had three million Whigs in this country before it was a country, you know? When, when it was colonies, we had three million Whigs. That was people who said, no, I want to live in common law. I want to have private property. I want to be responsible for myself and my family. That's what started this country. We have a few principles that just, that, that have made us unique in the world. 
One of them is private property. One of them is a true common law. And one of them is the ability to defend ourselves. All right. Well, it is break time. We'll be back in three minutes. Corey, I hope you can stick around. We got another caller waiting for you, too. Three minutes, and uh, we'll be right back. I've been sleeping on a My Pillow pillow for years, and a couple of years ago, I tried the My Pillow towels, soft and absorbent, wonderful bath towels. Recently, I got the My Giza Dream sheets, and they are by far the best quality bed sheets I've ever owned. And while well, the quilt is pretty awesome too, new products being added all the time at mypillow.com, including sandals and slides and pajamas and well, everything that you need for sleeping. Use the code Lighthouse at MyPillow.com to save yourself up to 66% off. That's the code Lighthouse at MyPillow.com. Deep in the heart of Hey, welcome back. I'm Peter Seraphine, and this is the final segment of tonight's show. Uh, National Intel Report. If you're listening live on Republic Broadcasting Network, it's Liberty Lighthouse. If you're listening on any of the other platforms that we have. And uh, I got Corey Haig, the founder of Liberty Uncensored Newspaper, with me as a guest tonight. And we've got a call. Jason in Colorado on line three. Welcome to the show, Jason. Yeah. Hey, uh, thanks for uh, taking my call, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know, the thing is, uh, uh, I farm here in uh, eastern Colorado. We uh, raise grain and run cattle, and I spend most of my time in Cuba when I have some time, you know. And uh, I find that uh, even in these uh, uh, these communist realms, you know, that was meant to be a communist country and uh, like that, everything's in black and white. So uh, everything's above the board where you can see it. You can do this, you can do that. And then uh, I find, actually, that it's uh, more free than in America, in the United States, where uh, we have these FISA courts and all this, everything's under the table. Uh, I would uh, I would like to hear what you have to say about that. I would like you to address that, please, if you have some time. I can't speak to that. I've never been to Cuba. Well, actually, I have been to Cuba, but I was in Gitmo, not as a prisoner, as a sailor. Um, but I, I didn't really see Cuba. I don't know. I can't speak to that. Corey, any, any experience in this area? I have never been to a communist country, but I would say I've been all over the world. And what I have experienced is 99% of the time when I'm outside of the country, I experience more freedom than when I'm in the United States of America. Today, the United States of America is not a republic. It is a plutocracy, and it is it is the center of it. it is it is it is Babylon. It is the modern day uh, tyrannical body, the enforcement center for the entire global regime. So you know, our military is all over the world, right? I'm I'm ex-military. I'm a veteran. I have uh, combat experience, right? I've I've done that game, but. I do not support the fact that we are all over the world. I think that our military force is part of the global regime's process. So we have like the financial center in 
the city of London. We have religion and otherwise control in the Vatican yes. City. Yes. Washington, Washington yes. D.C. is its own entity. It's legally yes. its own entity. It's, it is the United States, and all the territories owned by the United States are like our courts, uh, military bases, uh, the docks, you know, things like that. That's the United States. The rest of this is supposed to be a republic, right? But it's not right. because right. they've they've encroached their their own legal system. That corporate legal body has encroached upon our lives in innumerable ways so yeah we're we are not a free nation anymore absolutely not it's just that a lot of us have the idea that we have a free nation and so there's this weird intermingling going on where it's like we're not really free but so many people think we're free so there's like a philosophical or like perspective that says we're free people while we're being oppressed in ways that other countries where they know that yes. they're being oppressed, yes. they actually experience more freedom. So it's a very twisted kind of uh, yes. thing that yes. it's really backwards from what it should be. Right. But, well, you know, like, I, I, for, I for example, it, uh, yeah. I find it very interesting. You know, I was, uh, I was in the army and the air force and I did uh, down pilot recovery work and rapid response team. And uh, we were the hand of oppression. But uh, as uh, we, uh, well, me personally, as I go to the other other, other uh, countries and different things like this, I discover that they don't have the uh, uh, governmental infrastructure that we have here because they don't have unlimited money. And uh, so they're uh, a lot more uh, forgiving or uh, different things like this. They have to manage their things uh uh, within their uh, within their budget and different things like this is uh, whereas here in America it's uh, just unlimited and then uh, you know uh, where we'd all be the enemy what a problem it's a it's a very big problem you mean that in other countries like personal responsibility is actually a thing well I lived in the Czech Republic I lived in Egypt I lived in Israel uh, lived in Greece you know uh, I uh, did my military work, and then uh, I did private security work, which uh, really I wasn't proud of a lot of that. But uh, 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 in those regards, it's just all about the coin, right? All about the coin. Yeah. So then I come oh. home here. We're uh, farming and running cattle here on the prairie in uh, southeast Colorado like this, and then uh, I reflect back on it, and I realize that uh, really, uh, you know, in essence, uh, I was on the wrong side of the coin, man. I was on the wrong side of the coin. And then, uh, you know, really, uh, uh, I'll be honest with you, uh, if you want to get out here in the middle of the road, you don't want to F with me. So, but then I was just the hand of tyranny, right? Absolutely. Well, here's here's well, my it's, take uh, on it's, 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 uh, yeah, I find it to be very disparaging. Or, uh, you know, it would even touch me personally in my heart that uh, I did the wrong thing. Uh, uh, I find it to be very disheartening. Here's my take on on this situation. I personally think that, that the U.S. Constitution is well, about as close to a perfect document that uh, has ever been penned by human hands. Right. And right. it was so perfect that we, the people, the, the lay people out in the, in the world, the, the, the unwashed masses, if you will, we got so happy, so complacent, so free, so 
thrilled with the way of our, our the way of we were living that we stopped paying attention to government. Yeah, yeah. And over the last two hundred years, government, even though laid by nearly a, a, a nearly perfect document, even though established for all of the right reasons, it did what all governments do. It grew and amassed power. And any time any government takes any new power, it takes liberty from its people. Yeah. Sometimes we give it freely. Every now and then we say, well, we're, we're okay with giving up this in order to get this, you know, the liberty for safety thing. Sure, sure, sure. Sometimes. Well, you know, you know our, our Constitution is supposed to be common law. The Constitution is built on common law. And so the distinction is between corporate law or legislative law that most people are being, uh, you know, most people recognize today as being the law, but it's not really the law. And common law is is that the people, you and me, not the servants, not the people who swear an oath to do a thing for a time, right? While you're in office, you are a right, servant. Right. And actually, 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 it's more like a slave. When we really get yeah, down to right. breaking down like, like the that. definitions to it, it's more like a slave. Because if I tell you to do something as the people, right, you have to do it. That's that's, that's, it's the, that's the contraction that we're supposed to have. So oh, You're right. You're uh, right. Or the contract that we're supposed to have. So here's a quick story about how, how fast government can become tyrannical. Before, uh, so all the all the veterans of the Revolutionary War, right? They had been given war bonds. They they basically had the right to turn in bonds after a certain period of time. It wasn't their pay right? because they didn't have no money. Right, they right. couldn't be paid right away. So that so they said, okay, here's some bonds, and you can turn in your bonds once they mature, and you can get money for you know being part of the revolution and putting yourself at risk. Right. Well, Alexander Alexander Hamilton was one of those Federalists who wanted a big government. In fact, he wanted to have a king. He wanted George Washington to be a king. I'm not 100 sure. percent against you know George Hamilton, or, or, or I'm not against uh, Hamilton. I'm not against you know anybody. Everybody. There was reasons that we cannot put in a short period of time for which everybody had their opinions that they had. Right. So I'm not sure. impugning anybody. Sure. But at the same sure. time, I am impugning for this one thing. Alexander Hamilton. Right after Congress was formed, he went to all the congressmen and he said, hey, I'm going to tell you a secret. We're going to go around and we're going to pay people who have these war bonds, who are veterans, who might have injured people, might be, you know, have all sorts of problems in their lives. We're going to tell them, we're going to offer them to buy their bonds and give them a small amount of money now. We're going to tell them, hey, we don't know, you know, who knows when these bonds are going to mature. And they knew, Alexander Hamilton knew when those bonds were going to mature. And Who did he so work he for? Who did he work for? He, Who did he work for? He worked for the first central bank Alexander in the United Hamilton. States. He worked for the first bank of the United States. He established the first federal bank of the United States. That's right. Well, he was he was like right. the, he was that's like the black right. hand, he was like the black hand of the first central bank of the United States, and he became right, the treasurer right. of the uh, first treasurer of the United States without any knowledge of the treasury. But anyway, so they he goes around and he tells all the senators and the congressmen, and he tells them, hey. Uh, we're going to go, we're going to do this. I'm going to make you very wealthy men as long as you pass the things that I want you to pass, right? This is the first time that this happened in our country. This is the first time that it happened. And so they went around and they purchased all the war bonds. A whole bunch of these these people who are in, in the, the first government, right? They went around, they bought all these veterans war bonds, and then the war bonds matured. 
And those veterans, they didn't get anything for it. They got pennies on the dollar. But all yep. those men who, who went and bought those bonds from them, they made millions of dollars of the time, you know. And um, and so when we look at it, it's like how fast power can consume people, how fast money and greed can consume people. So in my opinion, all governments are false. All governments are wow. bad. The only thing that we should have in this country, you know, people are against the Constitution because it's part of government. And I recognize those people and I appreciate their perspective. In my own perspective, I think that the Constitution was not a perfect document, but as you said, it was the most perfect for what we'd experienced up until that time. And it was yep, meant I as a launching there. pad. It was meant to be built upon and evolved for more freedom for the people over time, not to degrade over time and enslave the people as we are now. So the Constitution was a beautiful document, but it was degraded so fast like that because people are able to steal authority steal the sovereign authority from the people just by manipulating in in uh, subtle uh, ways uh, i uh, uh, i had good jobs and i was in the military and then uh, i would just look out for joe and then uh, when i got out there i was in the army and the air force and then uh, uh, i went and uh, worked for uh, exxon mobil for three years and i made three million dollars okay nice. and then uh, you know it's just coin and uh, you can't uh, you can't take that back. And then uh, I was just the hand of tyranny. Yeah. Well, Jason, I got to let you go. Thank you very much for your call. I greatly appreciate it. And you've sparked a lot of interesting thoughts and discussions here. I want to go back to Hamilton because Hamilton, well, he he wrote some really good stuff. He wrote a lot about you know the the evils of. Of, of government. But then as soon as the Constitution was ratified, Hamilton argued for the federal bank. Right. And he used that that clause in Article One that says, uh, you know, Congress shall, you know, the necessary and proper cause. Yep. Hamilton immediately jumped on the vagueness of the necessary and proper cause of the Constitution to basically do whatever he wanted to do. When, yep. when Madison argued that the necessary and proper clause only applied to the preceding you know, 18 points or whatever it was, Article 1, Section 8, however many dots there are, I don't remember. Um, Madison argued that necessary and proper only apply to the enumerated powers of the legislature. Hamilton argued, no, 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 necessary and proper is whatever I want it to mean. And that's basically what our government has turned into, is the whatever they want it to mean. Yep. Yep. And I mean, that follows suit with so many other things. We can relate that to what's going on with 2A rights, right? So the Second Amendment... Uh, they've interpreted it to be all these different things. Well, guess what? It is not an interpretable statement. Mm. The statement, actually, if you go back into, into all the revisions that were made from its original, from the conceptual origin and how it was written in all the different colonies, and then it got you know amalgamated over time into what it is, uh, what it became at the end. Um, it was so clear that what was actually being determined was it, it was saying, hey. You don't just have a right. You have a duty to bear your arms for the protection of yourself, your society, your family against enemies, foreign and domestic. 
that's the number one thing with that. And it can't be interpreted in any other way. But the ignorant people all over the place now interpret it in whatever way they want, right? In the same fashion that Alexander Hamilton just decided, I'm going to interpret this however I want. Not in the meaning that it was written in, not in the meaning of all the intent that was put into it originally, but just however I want it to be now because I can manipulate people to believe what, that I'm right in whatever interpretation I want to make. And that's right. happening across the board today. And so if we really look at what the Constitution says, I mean, if we go back and we, we look at all of the conversations that were held between the people who penned the Constitution and we see what they meant by the statements that they made, then we can understand it. But if we just look at it with today's language, right, which is the language has changed in the last 250 years. So in the, if we look at it in the, in the way that we speak today, we're going to interpret it wrong. And also, we're going to interpret it based on all the crap that's going on in the world today. I mean, we are not. In effect, we built we had a country that wasn't even a real capitalism. It was a you're free to do what you want to do. Don't harm other people. That was the principle. Defend, defend yourself, defend your community. But you otherwise you have the right to do whatever the hell you want to do. No, no government agent can can come onto your property and tell you what to do. Well, now we have codes everywhere that you, we have all these code enforcers stepping onto people's property. <laughs> guess what? If you're a code enforcer, you step onto my property, you're in very real danger, right? So, and there's a lot mm -hmm. of us out there like that. So the, the thing is, like, if you stand in your common rights, if you know the law because you've actually gone into it, you've studied it. And everybody's expected to know it. There is no excuse for ignorance of the law, right? But what is the law versus the laws? So all this legislative crap that they put out today, those are the laws. But the law of this land is the common law. And it is older than the Constitution, affirmed by the Constitution. It is written in, the, in blood, and it is, it is part of our ancestry and part of our heritage. And it cannot be sold. It cannot be privileged away. You have it at birth. And so we don't really have to fight anybody. You just got to live in it right now. And all these people who want to manipulate it and manipulate you and make you believe that you don't have these rights, just ignore them. That's my, that's my number one way of getting by. Ignore them. I have four jury trials likely coming up in my life because I don't do, I don't do any of this contracting to be able to move myself around this country uh, in whatever way I choose. And actually the most recent one was uh, uh, either yesterday or two days ago. I can't remember right now, but it, it, but I just went to court and I told the, I told the judge, I said, um, I have, I have no reason to be here. You don't have a claim. There's no, there's no injured parties. Nothing has happened. So why am I here? And he said, I have authority over you because you came here. It, it basically gave us the credit that like you're giving us credit just by showing up. So in the same way, my advice, my advice to you in the same way is don't show up for them. Don't show up in their court. Don't show up in their law. Don't show up when they permit things show up in your own common law and bring your team with you. You know, I mean, the more people that get on board with this and, and stand in their common law rights, their inherent God given rights, their naturally born rights. This is all going to end in a day. If everybody stood up, if, if 10 million people stood up today and just said, hell no, we're not going to do this anymore. It would be done. 
there wouldn't be an opposition to that. Ten million people is a force you cannot you cannot surmount. So when people, I, I think um, one of the interesting things is people like to say if you have uh, uh, the right to bear arms, right? Again, that the government has tanks and aircraft carriers and all this stuff. And how do you how do you, how would you combat that with your AR, right? Well, guess what? We have three hundred and some. 50 million or whatever people in this country right now, you're not going to be able to stop 10 million if they say no. <laughs> How the hell are you going to stop 100 million? How the hell are you going to stop 200 million people when they say no? And that's all yep. it takes. It's just a, a big, hefty, definitive, stand your ground, no, and then it's done. That's all it takes. It doesn't take anything more than that. You don't have to change your life. You don't have to be you know, you don't have to believe in conspiracy theories if you want to call it that. You don't have to do anything outside of your normal life. All you got to do is say, no, I'm done paying taxes. I'm done going to your court. I'm done following your un unjust, unconstitutional, inhumane laws. And I'm just going to do what I believe to be right. And when enough of us do that, it's done. End game. Love it. I like you. I like anyway. you too. <laughs> anyway just a reminder if you want to support me and my efforts uh go to liberty-lighthouse.com you can go to the shop buy some cool bumper stickers and t-shirts you can go to the blog read my new declaration i wrote a new declaration from we the people to our federal government go to liberty-lighthouse.com to find it it's pretty cool if you like it Click the little sign here thing, and we'll uh, see how many signatures we can get on it. I greatly appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, lots of fun stuff. Liberty-Lighthouse.com. There are really only three ways to change government. The soapbox, the ballot box, and the ammo box. Choose wisely. Corey, I like a lot of what you've said tonight. Um, you're a little more anarchist than I am, but I'm okay with that. I'm, like I said, I, I at the beginning, I'm a, a constitutional originalist. I think of the 440 federal departments and agencies that we have, about 438 of them are probably unconstitutional. Probably. Um, I, I think that uh, that regulation is not law. I think executive order is not law. And I think that the only thing that we are obligated to follow is law that has been passed by our Congress, which is really not that much stuff if you in, in the grand scheme of things. Going to the Second Amendment, like you said, there's there really isn't anything more clear than shall not be infringed. You know, the right of the people to keep or the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. yeah 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 there's that whole the uh you know the militia necessary for the, for the security of a free state the right of the people should not be infringed. but the only part of that that is a standalone statement is the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed the rest of it needs more so every gun law out there well, it's unconstitutional because every gun law is an infringement. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have any gun laws because, 
let's face it, there are some people that shouldn't have guns. But it's that whole toe-in-the-door thing. You let them say, you know, we all say, okay, right, yeah, maybe crazy people shouldn't have guns. And we allow them to write that law, even though it clearly violates the Second Amendment. We, we've put the toe in the door and, and, and opened it just enough that they can stick their foot in next time and say, well, you know, now we, you shouldn't have automatic weapons and we shouldn't be mailing them, which was the 1963 Firearms Act that said oh, that yeah. you couldn't go to the Sears catalog anymore. Yep. And now they're looking at all kinds of crazy stuff. And and listeners of this show know that I rarely leave the house without a firearm on my hip. Because our world has gotten freaking crazy. I don't even go to church without a firearm in my pocket. I mean, granted, I use a little tiny pocket pistol when I go to church. But most times, I've got something on my hip. I just... You, you see the news stories. You see people that are just gone nuts shooting all over the place. So, yeah, I want to feel safe. I want to protect me. I want to protect protect my wife, and I want to protect those around me. So I rarely leave the house without a firearm. But our government really wants to take all of them away from us. It's gotten bad. Corey, we've got less than five minutes left. Tell people again about Liberty Uncensored Newspaper, how to find you, how to contact you, how we can help you build your newspaper to be the next great thing in America. Sure. So real quick comment on the 2A, okay? Here it is. Read this book, Origins and Development of the Second Amendment. Read that book. If you don't understand what the Second Amendment is telling you, read that book. You will have an understanding of what it is telling you. The second thing is, can you see that? I have that tattooed on my arm. It's do not tread on me, the snake, right. the oiled snake. Right. Don't tread on. That should be burned into our blood. I mean, do not tread on me is the first flag of this country. That is the first flag. It's before the Betsy Ross flag. There it is. Do not tread on me. It means do not tread on my common rights. So, yes, carry your iron because it's the only thing, it is the only thing in history that has ever stopped tyrants. The only thing. You as the individual, the common man being defensible, the only thing that has ever stopped tyrants. And if you have any other kind of notions out there that that your words are going to stop tyrants um, or your beliefs or your feelings... You're way, way off, and um, and there's FEMA camps built for you. But bringing it back to the paper, hey, we need tons of support. We need tons of support right now. We've been going for seven months. 95% of the funding that's gone into the paper has come out of my personal pocket or, our, um, or another editor of the paper as well. We need people to advertise with the paper who are in the freedom community. We need people to sponsor the paper. And you can sponsor individual authors because we have many different writers that come in for the paper. You can sponsor an individual that you like what they have to say. Go and sponsor them. And um, 
and then just donate to the paper because we need that financial support for us to be able to print. If we want to get 50,000 papers with the goal of our 12th month, we want to be at 50,000 papers a month in distribution to get there. We need about six to $8,000 coming in every month, depending on where we're putting the paper and how that develops. This is all very open source. You know, we're not trying to hide anything from you. We want these funds to come in so that we can get the information out there. Everybody's volunteering for this. So please support the paper so that we can put this content out to those who are being missed by the algorithm. That's the most important thing. There's so many people out there that are just waiting. They're like, how do I get to freedom? How do I get more liberty in my life? They might not even have that notion in their head about liberty and freedom and what this means, but they, they feel it. They have a craving for it because we all do. Support the paper so that we can get this content out to them. And if you do that, then we want to support you in whatever way that we possibly can. And any kind of arrangements that we can make with people, we're definitely willing to do that. So go to libertyuncensored.news or libertyuncensored.np.com or libertyuncensored.np.com. You can also go to our substack at libertyuncensored.substack.com and get involved. You can become a writer, a distributor, help in any way that you can. Allow us to help you, to help the world, to help us. <laughs> it's a constant circle. Let's make this world a better place. Awesome. Thank you very much, Corey. It is time to go. Thank you to our guests for joining us tonight. Thanks to Mike, the producer. Couldn't do the show without you. Thank you to my listeners and callers. You're why we do the show. Until next week, protect your liberties. Once they're gone, there's no getting them back. God bless America. was the night before Christmas, the kids snuggled asleep in their beds when you heard a loud rumble like Santa and his sled. So you went downstairs to take a peek, get a look. You were confronted by this creep, a crook. He drew his weapon, but you fired first. And now this creep could take all your worth. Secure your family with right to bear insurance. Plans start at $10.95 a month with civil and criminal defense coverage options up to $2 million. Visit liberty-lighthouse.com slash right to bear to learn more or sign up and start protecting what have now.